Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just nine. $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Welcome to 5460, the Joe West podcast. Featuring former Major League Baseball umpire Joe West. For six decades, no one has seen more baseball than Joe West. And now he shares those stories with you. Every week, right here on the Podcast Heat Network. Now listen now. Joe West is asking the Reds to leave the field. I guess maybe as a form of security. Well, Joe West is not going back behind the, the catcher. So what is he doing? He, he wants to throw him out or what? He's not going to back away from confrontation. It's just not in his makeup. Who, which guy are we talking about backing away? Well, so come to think of it, hey, it's both guys. <laughs> and they're warning the Atlanta dugout now. A helmet came flying out. Bobby Cox through the helmet one of his players did Bobby's jawing back at Joe West but somebody's been tossed and here comes Cox it was Bobby Cox who threw the helmet out there off the umpire oh. and that's a foul ball Joe West gets drilled and he appears none the worse for it <laughs> he's a strong man nice now Joe's going to give him some argument because Mark's saying, why do you do? Joe, just get over there and umpire, will you? Yeah. Just get over there and umpire. No. That's all. It's 5460, the Joe West Podcast. Here's Joe West. 
and your host, Mike Claiborne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of 5460, the Joe West Podcast. I'm Mike Claiborne, and along with Joe, we have a special guest. I don't know where to start with her resume. She's in virtually every basketball Hall of Fame. She's been one of the greatest athletes this country's ever seen, and she is uh, and still involved in a lot of great things when it comes to women in sports and just the whole game of sports. It's an honor to welcome Hall of Famer Ann Myers. Ann, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Joe, I look forward to it. <laughs> well, let's start with let's start with how you two had a chance to meet. Well, Joe has to tell that story. Yeah, we uh, we met through her husband, Don, and uh, we have some mutual friends. Well, let's hold on, Joe. Let's let everybody know the great Hall of Famer Don Drysdale. Yeah, yeah. Don was uh, Don married Ann years ago, and uh, I, we met through him. And uh, Don was announcing all over the country, and I think uh, he was announcing at one time for the White Sox, wasn't he? Right. And uh, in fact, he worked with Hawk Harrelson. And uh, Hawk actually told me one day, he says, Don was the most professional announcer I ever worked with. And uh, so it's it's really funny because uh, I was working in Philadelphia one time and uh, this little, I'd taken this little boy to the game who was from North Carolina. His dad was there. He says, you think you can get him some autographs? And I said, well, you want an autograph from a real ball player. Let me see if I can get Don to come down here and sign a picture for him. <laughs> and so he signed a nice baseball and got a picture with him. And and uh, and not too long after that, he passed. And that was such a sad day. And I remember uh, well, we went to L.A. right after that happened, and you came over and gave me a big hug on the field. I remember that so vividly, like it was yesterday. And uh, so, well, I know Don had a lot of respect for you, and yeah. you know, he, he really enjoyed the way you called the game, <laughs> and uh, which wasn't always easy for Donnie <laughs> with the umpires. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't remember Mike the exact time we met or whatever, but I know that. You know, Donnie and Joe were close, and um, you know, just along the way, we've we've kind of stayed in touch. And when he was umpiring, when she just retired, but you know, he whether he was coming to Arizona or L.A. and and I happened to be at a game, I you know try and go down and see him. And he got to meet my daughter Drew, which you know uh, they've got a great connection. And I don't know if you've met Darren and DJ yet, but um, no, no. In fact, <laughs> Drew came up to me at the All Star game, Mike. You'll get a kick out of this. And I'm sitting there with Rita, my wife, and uh, this cute lady comes up to me and she says, you might not remember me. And I'm going, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. And she said, my mother said, if I saw you, that I'd better say hello to you. (laughs) And it was your daughter, Drew. She was such a sweetheart. She was at UCLA. Yes. Yes, she, she's graduated and uh, has come out with an album and uh, sings like her father, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, and- that, that was where I met Drew. And, of course, uh, we stayed in touch for all these years. It's been wonderful. I'm sorry yeah. you, you missed our game in uh, uh, Chicago last year. Yes. Of course, yes. you were working or had something to do. Yeah, I was working a, a broadcast for the Phoenix Mercury, and uh, yeah. and you know I know Mark Eaton was there, and I was looking forward to seeing him, a UCLA alumni, and uh, and then shortly he passed away after that. Yeah, 
Well, Ann, you uh, you mentioned UCLA, and for those who don't know Ann Myers, uh, you and your brother Dave were there as well, and you were one of the great All-Americans. What was it like to be part of a, a program where everybody knew about the men because of Coach Wooden and the, the great championships they had, but the women's team was pretty darn good too, and you spurred that into a great dynasty as well. So what was it like being part of that that whole program? You have to go back even further than that, Mike, because in 1972, Title IX was passed, and I was still in high school. Um, David was a freshman, I think, at UCLA at the time. Or, and um, so we were always going up to the UCLA games watching him play. But um, my senior year at UCLA, I had, uh, or at, in high school, my senior year in high school, I had made the USA women's national basketball team. I was the only high school player to do that. And uh, there were no scholarships uh, at that time. My sister, Patty, who was the oldest of 11, had gone to Cal State Fullerton and played basketball, volleyball, softball there and won a championship in basketball. And so I saw women playing sports. It's not like, uh, you know, I listen to even players today, athletes today say, well, we didn't have a role model. There were plenty of women role models back then. Babe Diedrichson, um, you know, Patty Berg, Althea Gibson, Wilma Rudolph, Wyoming Ataya. So you can go down the list. There were great women athletes that were competing. And uh, I was just fortunate enough to see that. But uh, 1975, UCLA offered the very first athletic scholarship to me because my brother David was there and his junior year, he was rooming with a guy named Kenny Washington, who was on Papa's first championship teams in 64 and 65. And he was going to be the women's coach. And so they came home one weekend and said, hey, how would you like to go to UCLA and play basketball? And that's how I was recruited. Um, not like it is today. So uh, being close to home and having an education at such a wonderful university uh, really helped change who I am today. Uh, because it is a, truly a, a school in sp- their athletic department of champions. And being there when Coach Wooden was there and Terry Donahue was there and Jim Bush was there and uh, J.D. Morgan was the athletic director. Um, Gary Cunningham was the assistant, kind of took me under his wing. Uh, Judy Holland would become the athletic director for the women. We had uh, a, a green trailer behind the women's gym was, was the office for the women's athletic department. <laughs> So uh, certainly things have changed since then, 50 years later. And uh, But it, as much as it's changed, it's remained the same. Well, you know, you, you left out one of the great role models for women, and that's you. But- <laughs> you, you have been one of the greatest role models of all time for women. And uh, and I know you were good friends with my friend Kay Yao and, yeah. and Norlin Finch. And, uh, I mean, so you you've really... Uh, you stand out more than any woman athlete that I know on the face of the planet. So, Well, I appreciate that so much, Joe. And, you know, so much, I was just in the right place at the right time, too, not only with the scholarship, and then the Women's Sports Foundation started after Billie Jean King had beaten Bobby Riggs, and uh, it, that gave a lot of women athletes an opportunity to gather together that really had never really known each other. And uh, so that's been a, a great support system for women athletes even today. And, and they've done a lot of research and studies with women athletes and uh, certainly being in the game of basketball. And I played seven sports in high school and, and three at UCLA. But, um, you know, just seeing what the WNBA has, where it's come from, uh, when the WBL was the very first league in this country back in 78, 79, and I was the number one draft for that. And uh, But certainly I think that where women's basketball is has opened up the door 
for so many women athletes, not just in that sport, but, uh, and soccer has done the same thing too, but, you know, talking about equal pay and, and so many political issues and social issues that go on in this world. Guys, it's time to bring that summer heat back into the bedroom. That's right. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet and at the fraction of a cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of our licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no doctor's office visits, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the United States and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? Yeah, it's time to get off the couch and back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, you need BlueChew.com. Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you can benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Joe West at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Joe West to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. You know, you forgot to talk about your NBA experience as well. You were the first woman be, to be invited to an NBA training camp with the Indiana Pacers. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I always felt like it was more than just a token invitation because you were a good player. And I'm sure those guys turned it up a notch to make sure you didn't school them because they didn't want that on their resume. <laughs> well, my, my whole life I'd been playing against guys. I have five brothers and five sisters and was between David and Jeff and was always at the playgrounds. And even when I got to UCLA, playing at Poly Pavilion and pickup games and so forth. And David had gone on. He was a number one draft pick with the L.A. Lakers and then was in the trade that brought Kareem to L.A. And David went and played for the Milwaukee Bucks. So... I was um, hoping to go to the 1980 Olympics. I'd been on the 76 team, which was the very first year they had women's basketball in the Olympics, and we won silver. So I was hoping to go to 1980 and um, because you had to be amateur at that time. And so, I, as I said, I was number one draft pick in the WBL, and I thought, let me stay amateur for another year, and then I'll go into the league. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a call from the new owner of the Indiana Pacers, says, hey, how would you like to try out for the Pacers? And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but um, it was an opportunity of a lifetime. It really was. And um, I look back now and, you know, they offered me a $50,000 contract, which even that was, uh, I think, the average salary, the minimum salary in the NBA at that time back in 1979 was $140,000. So, Equal pay still was not being offered to women. <laughs> and, uh, but I just thought, you know, okay, the 1980 Olympics, and it was a difficult decision because Jimmy Carter had not made the decision yet to boycott. But I thought because it was an opportunity, I, you know, I took it. 
And uh, certainly I had forego the 1980 Olympics, but then we boycotted and uh, being invited to uh, the free agent rookie camp as a free agent. And uh, Jack McCloskey was the assistant. Slick Leonard was the head coach, and he came out to California several times to try and talk me out of it. Uh, but I had gone through this in high school. I had played summer league basketball with the boys team my junior and senior year, between my junior and senior year of high school. And I had planned on playing on the boys team during this, my senior year. And uh, it was interesting, all the things that were being said about me back then, five years earlier when I was in high school, uh, the negative things and so forth. So I... I did deal with some of those things, but when you got to the professional level, uh, thank goodness the internet did not exist. <laughs> I go, whoa. But, um, you know, for me, it was, it was wonderful. Um, we had two practices for three days, and I was hoping to go on and further, but I did not. But I signed a personal service contract. And with that contract, it offered me the opportunity to broadcast for the Indiana Pacers. And, uh, and I did community service work and went out and spoke and so forth. But, you know, I wanted to play. I was 24 years old. I still wanted to play. So they released me from my contract, and I went to play into the WBL. And uh, my rights from the Houston Angels had been traded to the New Jersey Gems. And so the second year of the league I played, I was MVP. And, um, but I sat out the next year because they didn't pay me all my money. But in that interim, I was offered something to go compete in the Women's Superstars. And that is where I met Bob Euchert and Don Drysdale, <laughs> who I had no idea who Don was. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. You didn't know Don Drysdale, a California girl. Dodgers are big. Don Drysdale, Sandy Koufax really put that team on the map as far as California was concerned. And you didn't know Don Drysdale. Growing up in Southern California, and uh, certainly we, we, we lived in, my dad, my, my mom and dad were from Milwaukee, and they moved out to California, lived in San Diego. The first six of us were born in San Diego. He worked for Sears, my dad. We moved back to Chicago, and we were in Chicago for about eight, nine years, and moved back out to Southern California about 63 or 64. So as big as the Dodgers were um, in all the sports, really, I mean, the Lakers had just moved out there, too, after the Dodgers, and uh, you certainly had the Rams out there. But, you know, we were kids. I mean, we didn't have TV to watch, you know, these games. On, they weren't really on TV. You had, uh, we absolutely watched the Green Bay Packers. To this day, I'm a diehard <laughs> Packer fan. And uh, so I saw, heard Joe talking about Lambeau Field. And uh, it's the one place I haven't been to and I want to take my kids to. And, um, but we just, we were always out playing. We didn't sit and watch sports on TV. And a lot of sports weren't on TV. And, uh, yeah, we had heard the names, and when we, we collected baseball cards, they were on our spokes on the bikes <laughs> And uh, after we got through trading them and so forth. But, um, yeah, I, I just uh, I knew Bob because he was from Milwaukee, and my mom was with me uh, at the Superstars, so she knew the Milwaukee connection. I knew the beer connection because he was doing the beer connect, you know, less filling and and uh, but um, I thought Don was Don Meredith because that was the only Don that I knew that was on TV. <laughs> that's, so. <laughs> that's so cute. Well, you have to tell Mike the story about your pickup games at UCLA. Well, they, um, you know, even when David was there, it was hard for a lot of the guys because they didn't want to hurt Dave Meyer's little sister. And but certainly I, I played a lot of a lot of guys. Actually, I actually I had a lot of um, uh, racquetball time with Wilt Chamberlain, 
he was an unbelievable athlete and very competitive. And uh, so he would come to the UCLA campus and we just kind of connected because he also had Wilt's Wonder Women. He had a track team. And so I ran track at UCLA and was a high jumper and been athlete. And uh, so he had seen me compete and so forth and came to our basketball games. And so I played a lot of racquetball with Wilt. But go to Pauly and I play with um, Marcus Johnson, Mark Eaton, um, a lot of the different guys that, that played for UCLA or the pros that would come in. And uh, played with Magic Johnson and Michael Cooper and so forth. And uh, But, um, you know, it was just a, a great time to be at UCLA and to be able to play at Poly in those pickup games. And um, uh, it really helped prepare me, who thought, for the next level that I'd have that tryout with the, the Pacers. You, you know, you touched on something as we've been talking about the, uh, the various sports that you play. And today we don't see that as much in the youth because their parents get them in one sport, and that's all they play and that's all they know for you. Is that something you would condone at this point? Because I think kids really miss out on a lot of things if they don't try other sports, especially when they're younger. Yeah, we raised three children and two boys and a, and a girl. And I was always about play as many sports as you can. I was not about, you know, being selective. I think parents get caught up today, unfortunately, that um, their child is going to be a professional athlete. They're going to get a scholarship. And so coaches are the same way. We didn't have the AAU like it is today. That That's money. That's a big money-making machine, AAU. Uh, you get coaches that are have three or four teams. I have no idea what it costs to be on a team. And then you're traveling. And so they're making a lot of money. Uh, parents are putting a lot of money into it. And I know Time Magazine did an article quite a few years ago, and they were talking about the money that is spent on a, on a child through their athletic time from when they're five to 18. They spend more on that than they would on a college education of four years. And uh, so we know that's what, less than 2% that make it as a professional athlete. And there's more and more opportunities, which is great uh, because of the internet and because of podcasts and because of radio shows and, and TV things and so forth. Um, a lot of I see a lot of young kids, both men and women, branching out into sports, whether it's marketing and communications and, uh, you know, tickets. And, and uh, there's just so many different avenues, uh, becoming a trainer or strength and conditioning manager and, and so forth, broadcaster. Uh, so you don't have to continue to stay an athlete. Uh, they have things for being, becoming a general manager. How do you do that? Uh, we're seeing more women in, in baseball. Uh, especially in the minor league as far as the, the front office is concerned. Kim Ng down in, um, with uh, Florida Marlins and so forth. But, you know, there, there's opportunities today that probably weren't there uh, when I was growing up, and uh, which I love, and especially you're seeing more people of, of color in, in, the, in the diversity that you're seeing in sports behind the scenes, which I think is really important. Joe, it's great to have Workout Anytime on board 5460 as one of our sponsors. You know, many of our listeners know Workout Anytime as their hometown club, and they can work out on their schedule 24-7. Others might be aware that Workout Anytime has a great business opportunity as well. That's right, Mike. Workout Anytime is one of the top 200 fastest-growing franchises in America. They've been this for more than 20 years and are currently in 22 different states, and internationally in Honduras and Costa Rica. 
Opening up a gym and becoming part of a $30 billion health and fitness industry has never been easier when you choose to invest in a workout anytime franchise. Joe, did you know one in five American adults have a fitness club membership? I did know that, as a matter of fact, and I'm told that the number is expected to nearly double in the next 10 years. Mike, I know those folks that work out anytime, and I have known them for a long time. They're so passionate about the industry and their franchises rave about the support the company provides. Here's a great business tip. Go to workoutanytimefranchise.com and learn more. While you're there, you can see a map available. While you're there, you'll see a map of available locations and find out how to arrange an initial phone conversation to hear more about a proven workout anytime business model. That's workoutanytimefranchise.com. Well, there's no question about that, but you know, you were a trailblazer. I mean, just looking at your career and everything that you did, uh, and and I know you've uh, got things you're working on even now, even when you're announcing with basketball that uh, uh, you sent us something that you wanted to talk about uh, on this podcast, uh, and I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Leave it to Joe. I said it a day ahead of time. Leave it to Joe. <laughs> and why don't you talk about, is it women's, 10 or women's X? It's Title IX. Title, okay. It's Title IX, but uh, Women X is, is just one of the, again, many, uh, you know, fingers of where women are getting involved and in creating so many different opportunities where uh, I, can't, I can't think of the names that there's a young woman, there's a commercial, as a matter of fact, on the NBA channel especially, but even on ESPN ABC, that she created her own business making tennis shoes making competitive shoes, and uh, which is not an easy business to get into when you're competing against the Nikes and Adidas and, and New Balance and Under Armour and so forth. And uh, But women are creating for women athletes. And these are women that were athletes. And uh, I think that that's so important to have that opportunity. And Women X is just a, another uh, avenue to give information on, on women in sports and uh, and to teach history and, and uh, let other women know what's going on and, and just the con, con, conversing back and forth. And uh, the more communication you have about really volatile issues, I think uh, you can come to a better understanding of a lot of different sides of how people see things. Well, don't you, don't you think that's uh, very special because you mentioned the history and I noticed that when I was working and getting back closer to my record that, I was looking back on things that, you know, uh, I normally wouldn't have paid any attention to. But like you said, you follow the history of, of where you've been and where you're going. I, I think that's so important in today that we don't look at our, our past history. And uh, in, in what, you, what you've done and what you've accomplished, I mean, like our, our, our friend Kay Yao, you said you played on the Olympic team. And, and Kay was the first, <clears throat> she was the first coach to beat the Russians in the Olympics. And she was so proud of that and we were so proud of her for it. And the, uh, But sticking together and pulling together and trying to do everything the right way, it, it's so important. And I, and I think sometimes uh, women get frustrated because they have been left behind. And I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think they should ever give up when they have their heart and mind set on something. No, and, and again, because of the opportunities to be able to get a scholarship and to continue to compete in a sport it is all a plus. Uh, 
Uh, we know for a fact that uh, about 80% of leadership positions that are held by women in corporate America, they were athletes. And we know what athlete, athletics teach everybody. And it doesn't matter what your gender, what your age, what your religion, what your nationality is. You know, if you love a sport, why shouldn't you be able to continue to keep playing it? And I, you know, it's, I've always said it's a white man's world. It has been for a long time and it still is, and it probably will be, uh, just because even some of the laws that are going through uh, in Congress. But in saying that, sports teaches you about winning and losing, adversity, teamwork, leadership, you know, how to get along, uh, loyalty, uh, intensity, um, uh, perseverance. You know, there's just so many things that that's life. That is life, whether it's in a relationship within your family or in, in your work, at, you know, aspects and so forth, your friendships, your children. Um, but sports is, is a wonderful thing because it teaches you so much. And, you know, there's a saying that says success is not final. Courage, you know, uh, success is not, uh, winning is not final. Uh, failure is not fatal. It's courage that counts. Yeah. And that's true in everything in life because we know we lose in sports all the time. We make mistakes all the time and you have to learn to get through them. And, uh, you know, I've just been so fortunate to become coming from a large family, uh, learning how to work together as a family isn't always easy. And, and even now as adults, you know, we have our disagreements and so forth, but it's wonderful to have that companionship. And, and you talk to enough athletes and they say, well, what do you miss about retiring? What do you miss? They miss the locker room. They miss the camaraderie. And that's what sports has given to women, too. Yeah. They've given them the opportunity to be sisters and to be able to share in something that, you know, they all are special and maybe some are better that, than doing a skill than others. But to be able to have that camaraderie the rest of their life and that sisterhood, you know, that's important for a lot of people down the road. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being a Packer fan, you can remember that they – attributed this statement to Vince Lombardi where he said winning isn't everything it's the only thing but Vince, oh yeah we have that up in our wall but Vince didn't say that no Vince, he didn't Vince said winning isn't everything but the will to win is and that's what's important and well I, and then coach wouldn't you know there's so many quotes from Papa that you know uh, just he never talked about winning he never talked about winning he talked about being your best be the best that you can be. And uh, don't try and be better than somebody else. And that's your success. But that's very hard in this, in, in this day and age as far as because we, we put so much emphasis on winning and losing, especially for coaches and, uh, and when change has to happen. And, you know, I want to tell one story because when Joe Buck was talking about um, Pedro Martinez, that um, last year when, in, uh, at the World Series when the Dodgers were um, – competing and, and Bob Costas and Pedro were doing the, the broadcast at the end, the post-game stuff. And uh, I can't remember who else was on it. Um, but my daughter and I waited afterwards in center field, saw Bob Costas and we saw Pedro. My daughter had never heard this story. And I don't know if you have, Joe, but Pedro came up and I, and I asked him, please tell the story to, to Drew about her dad and you. And so when he was in Montreal, because he'd been with the Dodgers, and they traded him to the Montreal Expos. And, and so the Dodgers were in Montreal, and um, they were playing, and Pedro was with them at that time. 
And Don, I don't know, was it at the hotel or was it at the clubhouse or at the ballpark or what? But he went up to Pedro and it was kind of one-on-one. Nobody knew about it. And Don said, you're tipping your pitches. He said, what? He said, when you do a fastball, you do this with your glove. When you do a changeup, you know, whatever. And um, he said, you can see it. And, and Pedro says, your dad, to my daughter, your dad changed my career. Wow. Yeah. And he started, you know, he started choking up. Yeah. And uh, for him to tell that story. Joe, you'll have to tell our listeners what you've been telling me about this all-natural B1 sports performance and wellness patch that's revolutionizing sports nutrition. Fans, no more sugary energy drinks. And no more extra caffeine for that energy boost. The B1 patch is fast acting. It's body heat activated and proudly made here in the United States. It's a must have if you're out on the golf course, on the go, or just patching up your future major leaguers. Feel good about the 100% all natural B1 patch from USA Natural Patches, which has been in business for over 10 years. The most trusted transdermal vitamin patch you can find. It's easy to apply and it's worn by over 200 athletes and also by our favorite retired Major League Baseball umpire. That's right, Mike. I personally used the B1 patch for years. They've made a real difference in my life. Visit B1.com and enter the code umpire for a buy one, get one free. And I really want all of our listeners to try this. You'll be glad you did. It's the B1 patch. Don't compete without it. That's buyb1.com, enter the code umpire, and buy one and get one free. Well, your your husband, Dan, was one of the greats. I had a chance to know him a little bit. Uh, Bob Gibson and I used to do a radio Did show he? in St. Louis. And, and Don would come sit in, and they the stories would go back and forth because, because the Cardinals and Dodgers are so competitive at that time. And if you didn't see Gibson in Koufax, you saw Gibson in Drysdale. And, you know, in that era, as you well know, guys didn't have a problem making sure guys weren't too comfortable in the batter's box. So there may be a couple of guys that would get hit along the way. And, and your husband and Bob Gibson were big enough. If somebody wanted to come out to the mound and visit with them about it, that's okay by them. <laughs> that's yeah. right. And Gibby played for the Globetrotters. That's right. He, Meadowlark Lemon was his roommate. Yeah, yeah. Metal, I played with Meadowlark in a game and practiced <laughs> with him in L.A. He was unbelievable how he could shoot the ball off both feet and his balance and everything. He was an incredible basketball player. Speaking of basketball players, you're involved in the WNBA, and you see Tarasi every night. Uh, the best player you've ever seen? You know, that I'm not a GOAT person. I'm not the best there ever was. Like you just said, Gibby and Donnie, Sandy, Juan Marichal, uh, you know, so many great pitchers, so many great hitters. Who's the best? Who's the, You know, is it Jim Brown or Walter Payton or, you know, go down the list as far as running backs and uh, – you know, Diana is a great player. She's one of the best to play this game. Uh, I know we've had a lot because of the WNBA, and it's our, what are our, 27th year, 26th year, and uh, the fact that we've had, we have the opportunity to talk about so many wonderful athletes that have played in the WNBA, whether it's Elisa Leslie or Cynthia Cooper or Maya Moore, uh, Brianna Stewart now and Elena Deladon and, and Candace Parker. So we've got such great players, and uh, Diana's special. 
Diana is special. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to win three WNBA titles because of her and Penny Taylor and Kathy Pondexter and Angela Smith. Um, you know, and but we've got great players, Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson, who played, who's playing now, Sue Bird still. And, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on. And I love the fact that we have a league that you can continue to talk about these wonderful women athletes that have played the game. So how about her being just tied for first? <laughs> that's that's a safe. I saw safe I saw first. too many players in in my generation too. You know, you're talking. Yeah, general, you, I don't. You know, again, it's better, the great players of 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 yesteryear. It's like you're going to say Bill Russell or Oscar Robertson or Jerry West or you know Wilt couldn't play today. I mean, it's like, uh, but you know, you've got players like a Teresa Edwards or Carol Blazjowski who averaged 38 points in college at Montclair State without the three-point line and with the regular size ball. So that's like Pete Maravich numbers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, so yeah, D- Diana, she's so special. I mean, you know, the, the, just her determination out there. Uh, we just had the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame this past weekend. Penny Taylor, her wife went in, uh, who was an incredible player herself, played on two Olympic teams uh, uh, in Australia. And um, just, uh, again, playing here in Phoenix, she was fabulous. But, um, you know, Diana just, there's something special. She reminded me the most of, of a Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller, you know, had that intensity inside her, and she went after everything. And Diana is the same way. You just know that every time the shot goes up, it's going in. May not, but you know the next one's going to. And uh, she just has this will uh, to win, which has been, it's been incredible to watch her play. Well, so, you're, you're way too modest because you're the best female athlete <laughs> that I've ever seen. And uh, uh, Well, if you ever saw my brother David play, I was just a smaller version. He's a good player. <laughs> he was on some good Milwaukee teams, too. Yes, he was. Yeah, I'd see Bob Lanier, who we just lost. Just lost him, yeah. And uh, Dauber would come up to me and say, your brother cost me an NBA championship. And, <laughs> and uh, Marcus would tell you, too, that you know when David retired, uh, Bob had come to the the um, Bucks and and uh, and Marcus was on the team and and Junior Bridgman and, and uh, because David did all the little things David would set screens he'd get the rebounds he'd just make the passes and uh, he was that kind of leader and uh, you know it was unfortunate that he retired he had some injuries and so forth and uh, but he got to see his kids grow up and we lost him was it about six or seven years now that he had cancer and. Um, but, uh, you know, he was just so much fun to watch play. Well, Ann Myers, this has been a, an honor for me and I'm sure a treat for our listeners and viewers. And you being a great friend of Joe West, uh, it all comes together. And this has just been a terrific opportunity to visit with you and share some of your stories. Uh, you were one of my idols and to have a chance to thank listen you. and talk to you has been a real treat. So we thank you for being part of what we do. Thank you very much. And uh, I can't wait to hear more podcasts. Oh, you're so sweet. We love you. Love you too, Joe. Say hi to Rita. Okay. For Ann Myers and Joe West, I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for listening to another edition of 5460, the Joe West Podcast. Have a great rest of your day. My baby took me to the ballpark to see a baseball game. Lord, it had to be at least 99 in the shade. I was stealing a glance at some tight short pants just as I turned my head. My baby grabbed me by the arm and this 
is what she said If you cheat on me You'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field You're gonna be long gone You better play it safe And don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me You'll be out at home You've been listening to 5460 The Joe West Podcast Here on the Podcast Heat Network Make sure to subscribe And don't miss an episode Each and every Monday We'll talk to you next week She's checking all the signs While I'm enjoying two of the great American pastimes It's fouling up my nerve Watching all these curves Remembering what she said to me And if I get caught looking It's gonna be strike three If you cheat on me You'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field You're gonna be long gone better play it safe and don't do me wrong cause if you cheat on me well you'll be out at home if you cheat on me you'll be out at home if i catch you playing the field you're gonna be long gone you better play it safe and don't do me wrong cause if you cheat on me Well, you'll be out at home If you cheat on me You'll be out at home